Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. I'm always hungry. That's but my secret. I'm always hungry. I say that every time somebody asks me if I want food, I'm just like, are you hungry right now? I'm like, dude, I'm always hungry. Unless it's like before 10 a.m. I got pre-made dosa at the Indian market today. And it's like, there's like a frozen dosa in my in my freezer right now. Like a masala dosa. And a dose of what? That's not funny. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> i'm not you no i hate fucking dad jokes no dosa the food (laughs) and it's in my freezer it's not a joke but you answered me so you thought it was funny i didn't think it was funny i hate dad jokes (laughs) you know it (laughs) it's not funny all right let's do this You know what also isn't funny? The fact that this is the first fucking actual animal movie that we're covering that we wanted to cover. Apart from like the vermin, right? So all the animal I know, movies from like that the fucking up, Yeah, that's insane. We, we only cover the vermin and we've skipped every dog and cat movie in the timeline for reasons unknown. And I mean, we know why each specific movie we didn't watch it. But as a whole, I don't know what it is that we have against dogs and cats as dog and cat owners. So yeah, know, Homeward on the Incredible Journey is our first outing. And we have Matt back with us today. Woo! It's true, we do. With a new mic. You guys also may have noticed we've been gone for a while. Lindsay witnessed a wedding. Um, I did. I witnessed a wedding. I I, I spent time with uh, the baby, with my little niece. It took her a week to come down from that high. So we gave her another week. I had a very trying experience at the airport last Saturday and chose. It is very true. There was no time for me to, to enjoy and absorb homeward bound in the way that I would like to. So we we did take a couple weeks off. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a not good time last week at the airport. Um, I had a great time watching this movie though. I want you guys to know know for the first time our roles are reversed and I am spicy as fuck about this movie. Like normally it's Lindsay who has some like serious shit going on with whatever we're talking about. I have a lot of fucking problems with this movie and Lindsay just (laughs) loved it from the jump. So did Matt from what I gathered from his texts. Oh man. So fucking good. I, I, me. Oh my God. uh, Tears. Yeah. Me too. I cried like I was a a mess. Yeah, I was not okay. And like, I, yeah, I don't, I I thought like part of the reason that we're recording this um, on a Saturday night rather than kind of during the day on Sunday, which is what we normally sort of do, um, is that I was like, we need to drink if we're going to do Homeward Bound, right? Because I don't have anything to say about it. 
I was like, it's, I can't imagine that there's anything to deconstruct about Homeward Bound. Like, we just need to get drunk and we'll talk about these dogs and cats. <laughs> but, Which we're doing anyway. But like- no, I'm not sorry about the drinks, but like, I have a lot to say about Homeward Bound. <laughs> this movie is so crushingly good. It's, there's no absolute reason for it to be as good as it is i didn't even cry at the part that like you most people would expect like oh my god it's shadow and he got out of the butt no dude i cried when the parents finally found molly i was like oh my god dude they've got oh my drugs. God, totally. that's because you're dead inside so i am dead inside <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well uh d- which one of you someone somebody break this down because i'll read the plot i got it i got it Based on Sheila Brun, uh, Burnford's 1961 novel, The Incredible Journey, director Dwayne Dunham, who was an editor on the Return of the Jedi film that I enjoy very much so, <clears throat> and screenplay by Carolyn Thompson, who assisted on The Nightmare Before Christmas. Wait, and oh, and Linda Wolverton was on this. Cool. I actually didn't read this note beforehand. Uh, who was on Beauty and the Beast? Um, the film stars Michael J. Fox as Chance, Sally Field as Sassy, and Don Amesh as Shadow. The human parts of this film are completely inconsequential, and that's the number one reason why I'm so spicy about this movie, and we'll get into that a little bit later. (laughs) Um, I do want to point this out, though. I put it in the sequel part, but it really kind of doesn't belong there. So this movie is actually not the first time that this story was turned into a film by Disney. In 1963, The Incredible Journey's rights were bought by Disney and created or turned into a live-action film. That is very similar to this, but it was still called The Incredible Journey. It wasn't called Homeward Bound. It still yeah. featured the dogs get, or the animals getting lost in the wilderness, but they're, this time they're lost in the Canadian wilderness. Their names are completely different. It almost never focuses on the family and the dog that is chosen for Chance's character is a boxer instead yeah, and if you guys trash. are you can find yeah you can find them on disney plus they're both on there and i saw that and i was like wait a minute what the fuck and so i had i did a little bit of research and i was like oh shit dude they're completely they're the exact same it's the exact same story i should have watched it i kind of didn't think to and the, the big difference between the incredible journey and homeward bound the incredible journey is the dialogue yeah the animals talk yeah there isn't any an incredible journey it's just like a voice of god vo- voiceover thing mm-hmm. but Obviously, in Homeward Bound, we have like this awesome dialogue with Michael J. Fox Hilarious. and Don Amici. Um, yeah, it was great. And I, I also, um, I read today that Dwayne Dunham, who's the director on the film, had in mind Bette Midler. And oh, fuck yeah, dude! And this will surprise no one. I bet you can't guess who he had in mind when he was sort of writing and conceiving the part of Chance. Try. I want you guys to guess who Tom he had Cruise. in mind. No. You're going to feel like an asshole. Perchance? Mm-hmm. Perchance? This is 1993. Mm-hmm. By the way, guys, this is 1993. Um, I'm oh, going to hit you with the Will Smith or Robin Williams. Keanu Robin Reeves. Williams. Nope. Ding, ding. No Robin Williams. Way. That's awesome. Fucking nailed it. You're don't, awful, Scott. Third I don't guess. think that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Robin was ever actually approached. 
But I did hear that an interview sense. with Dwayne Dunham that, um, I mean, and he was awfully uh, not not so pleased with Disney at this time. C.R. Aladdin review, like Robin and Disney had not a relationship. So I don't know that that was actually an option, um, but it was something the director said. I don't think they'd given him by this time. No, I don't think so. I think I think <laughs> things were looking pretty bad uh, at this time. Aladdin still kind of, you know, just about to win its Academy Awards. Like, so anyway... God, we have so much to say about this movie. I'm going to read a subplot summary. Please do. When the Seaver family leaves their pets at a friend's place for an ambiguous business trip to San Francisco, Chance, Shadow, and Sassy decide to battle the wilderness and find their way home. Was this adventure necessary? Not at all. Was it a good idea on Shadow's part? Absolutely not. Is it somehow even better than you remembered, though? Yep. Definitely. The right off the bat from the plot is where I have, like, I need, okay. Save it. We're getting there. We're, I'm even kind of, I'm like keeping you on track. I'm, we're going to whine about it. We're anyway, you can find it on it. Disney Plus. We already said that. Fuck this noise. Lindsay's interrupting me. She's cutting my legs off from what I want to say. So we're jumping into the timeline. <laughs> well, don't you have notes on this later in the episode? I do. Okay. I insist. My OCD <laughs> won't allow this. I know. In the timeline, it's 1993. We're going to actually be here for quite some time, guys. We've got some pretty hot movies coming up. Uh, But in 1993, our historical context breaks out with Nelson Mandela and F.W. de Klerk were awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Canada elects Kim Campbell, the first female prime minister, and the first Beanie Babies were set loose upon the world. (laughs) Really? 1993? That's crazy. I know, right? Holy shit, man. Hit me with some tomatoes. Yeah, Matt, why don't you hit us with some of this stuff? So Rotten Tomatoes has this as an 87% on the tomato meter and a 71% audience score. Um, The audience score... I agree with that. Yeah, I was going to say the audience score I'm actually a little surprised about. I felt like this would would mirror the tomato meter. Yeah. But I I do find that a little weird, but... Yeah, it's a little low. I... I grew up on this movie, so I don't know. I may be a little biased. Even going from 87% to 71, that's like such a huge difference. Yeah. I would imagine it would be reverse. I would imagine that the audience score would be that high and tomato meter would be low. Honestly, I thought they'd both be a solid B, B plus. Yeah, definitely. At least a B. Yeah. I was surprised by that. That's, That's not a passing grade at the graduate level. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's the you turn something in. I acknowledge that you turn something in level. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Like, that's not great. Um, Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood won Best best Picture at the Oscars. Um, This was not nominated for anything of note. Shocking. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty good, actually. Like, I could, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but this wasn't, like, groundbreaking or anything. No, and it doesn't have any, like, effects. Or I was surprised that the score wasn't nominated. I thought the score in this movie was really good. Oh, dude, Bruce Broughton, like, slays it. For those of you who don't know, because I love film scores, Bruce Broughton also did Rescuers Down Under, which ties us back into our rodent theme. Um, Silverado and my all-time favorite Western film, Tombstone, which would come out later this year, actually. 
Tombstone's huh. a classic. Love Tombstone. You should do like a Western review or I'll something. Be your like we should, yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. I'll be your Huckleberry. But if we do that, it will be important that we discuss both Westworld and Star Wars. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I said Star Wars too. I know. Westworld, <laughs> another show that I should like but haven't watched. No, Hashtag Lindsay, stop. Lindsay keep your mouth shut. Let's stop it. <laughs> Emmy winners. Picket Fences wins for drama in Seinfeld. This blew my mind. I didn't know this because I'm not a huge Seinfeld fan, but I, I do enjoy you show. this category would come in handy. Dude, yeah. Seinfeld won its first and only Emmy in 1993 for the fourth season. It so only surprising. won one Emmy? Dude, this show was around forever. I mean, so is Friends, and that's what Well, yeah, but the show's again. also about uh, nothing, so. I wonder if Friends will start I'm winning sure because. Friends, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, why isn't this, like, season one of Seinfeld and it wins? So that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, I forgot about Friends. That's a good point, dude. Anywho down in Whoville. For top grossing movies, we've got Jurassic Park, which came in at actually, like, ironically enough, you guys, this is the first movie on our list that almost made a billion dollars. I can't believe how close it came in 1993. Yeah. What the fuck? 1993, this took in $978 million worldwide, with Mrs. Doubtfire coming in at a paltry $219 million right behind it. Insane. That's crazy to me. Absolutely insane. Uh, as far as sequels, I'm actually going to let Lindsay take this because she did try to watch. <laughs> she did <laughs> try to watch it. Uh, I did. I gave it my best shot. So, all right. So, the sequel to this movie is called Homeward Bound Lost in San Francisco. And it features the dogs do it and, and Sassy doing like an even stupider thing than they do in this movie to get lost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like really intentionally like getting themselves lost in San Francisco. And it is just like pretty racist and like, for real though I mean because they're in the city no I believe it they meet all these other dogs and the dogs are all like city dogs caricatures yeah and they're yeah and it's just like not very good and uh, so I fast forwarded through most of this but I will say I I put on (laughs) Homeward Bound 2 Lost in San Francisco unironically because I enjoyed the first one so much that when it was over I wanted to keep going yeah you wanted to stay with that story yeah, I, I unironically put this on and not out of obligation. Um, but I did end up fast forwarding through the bulk of the middle of the movie because the start and the end are the best. And it still has a really nice, like, the reunion at the end is still pretty good. Like, the stuff in the beginning is still pretty good. Like, the narration is still funny. Like, a lot of it's still funny. Let's get to the movie. Yeah, let's get to the movie. I'm glad that this is the first category. Again, you guys know if you're if you're members of the Patreon, you guys will know that we will sometimes post our notes on the Patreon. <laughs> and we have them, we have categories and they're like named categories and shit. The first one is this is hilarious. And I'm so glad that this is the first thing because this is the only thing that kept me cool watching this movie was how fucking funny this movie was. But it is. It's really fucking funny. And Sassy is like the best part of this movie. She earns that yeah. name so hard. 
I thought she was funnier than uh, than what's his name? Chance. Yeah. Yeah, she absolutely was. I don't have to yeah. swim. I have a note. <laughs> that yeah, was sassy, funny. Sassy was out of control because as we were watching it towards the end when it was because I watched it with my kids and my wife. Um, and we were watching it when they're in um, the Humane Society at the end where she kept calling the guy fat. My wife's like, don't say that. Don't don't say that. That's not. Nice. I noticed that. <laughs> I, was I was actually like, like, going to oh, bring that up. That it was like all the way. No, but they make fat jokes like sassy like, makes fat constantly. jokes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, too much. Um, did the kids think it was funny, though? Did they like it? <clears throat> so my kids went on the exact same emotional roller coaster that i did hell yeah um when this movie works when, when she's in the river my youngest son freaked out said i don't like this and he hid under the couch i almost hid under was, the couch yeah so, so and my oldest upset. son because we my oldest son uh he has um a pit boxer mix that looks very similar to chance and he was like not psyched at certain parts he's like oh i don't like this so they 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 overall they love the movie and they they want to watch it again so this is a timeless movie Mm -hmm. i love that it held up and worked for them because i I have two friends who i talked to today actually who have kids um around your kid's age right like between like seven nine sort of yeah. Um, that I was like, you gotta watch this with the kids. Like it totally yeah. holds up and it's so funny and it's great for adults. Like this is the like quintessentially nineties. There are jokes that are funny to adults. Like when, like when she says, I don't have to swim. I have a note or what was yeah. that? My sixth life. Yeah. Well, I'll just say it was my, I'll fourth. say it was my fourth <laughs> or Arnold Schwartz, a kitty. Like this is stuff that like, yeah. o- like older audiences would have picked up on but the younger audiences also liked i remember saying when i was a kid oh sassy can't breathe we used to say that all the time when people oh my god us. yeah i used to say that to my sister all the time yeah <laughs> like there were a lot of like or or what's the other one that we used to say um cats rule and dogs drool we used to say all the yeah, time Yeah, that was common and then and then um when shadows when she's crossing the water and shadows like she can and she's like no she won't no she won't no she won't is that what she says yeah but she's she like won't. no she won't no she won't no she won't that was funny and that was something we used to say as kids all the time yeah. um i really like oh and i like when she says like all the ones i wrote down are sassy quotes yes they she, are <laughs> and chance, she's she's talking to chance and she's like yeah if you yap at it, it'll come right down and ask you to eat it yeah, it'll definitely <laughs> ask you to eat it <laughs> <laughs> and when she else called the vet when she when they put her on the seesaw in the beginning. Oh my god, yeah. I think my fur is falling out. Yeah, it was wicked, wicked funny. Um, and Chance had some funny lines too. The funniest things about Chance was all like occurrence based. Like when they're running and they find Sassy, and then he trips and he's like, Well, go for hole. Um, or he runs into the tree. Yeah. He runs into the tree and he's just like, whoops. Well, and so, okay. Comedy. Yeah. The, so first of all, Michael J. Fox ad-libbed a lot of the lines when this happened. Cause so the way they filmed this, and this actually leads us really nicely into kind of our next section, but this is part that I didn't kind of put in the notes. Mm. Um, so the way they filmed this was like, like a silent movie. They didn't have dialogue. They didn't have anything recorded. They didn't have like a script for dialogue. They just like, like the, and that's why I think it's really smart that uh, uh, I'm spacing his name. Uh, Dwayne Dunham, the director, was an mm. editor, right? That that was oh like where yeah, because he, came he from. knew like, how he could like, like work it. Yeah, this is like his first directing gig, 
Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that he had like an editor mind when he was making this because they didn't have any dialogue. They were just fucking going for it. And like, so when Chance runs into the tree, he runs into like a sapling. The dog just did that. And they all thought it was so fucking funny that they kept the clip. And Michael J. Fox improvised the lines. And so when they when they chose the dogs, like Chance was really young, the primary dog that played Chance. And the director said, look, all I want this dog to be able to do is like sit, stay. Like, I just want him to be able to do like the basic shit that we need him to do. I don't want you to train the puppy out of him. I want this dog to be a fucking mess. Yeah, an absolute chaos. (laughs) Yeah, he is. And it's so funny, right? It's like a huge part of the humor, I think, is is like chance and his physical comedy, like Matt said. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought that was great. And then Scott, you have a you have a note here that Zuko has reflects this zero, despite oh, being also dude, like yeah, a Z- Dude, Zuko is nothing like this. And it's funny because he looks so if you look at Chance and then you look at Zuko, Zuko is just a buff version of Chance. That's all it is. Yeah. That's the only difference. And like the colorization here and there. But Chance is like wild and like in the trash can and up in people's faces. And I got to explore all this shit. Dude, Zuko's been in the same position since I sat in this room two hours ago. He he doesn't. I'll send you guys the video. I had to figure out how he's going to react when I have to clip his nails. So I went over to him while he was sleeping and pushed on his paws to see like how he handles pressure. Didn't even move. He doesn't care about anything. So Matt was like, I think this was Matt's note uh, was as a pit bull. Well, I'll let you read it, but yeah, Zuko is nothing like this at all. (laughs) Our dog is very much like chance. She goes in there, sees something and just assaults it until it's dead. Um, She has chewed a flash costume. I'm sorry, Lindsay. Um, Like my youngest son put it on. And it was completely fine, except the left arm is cut off from the elbow from it being shredded. Good lord. <laughs> well, um, he has to make is... a, a story about how he was like in a fight with reverse flash or Savitar or something. Oh, oh right. Um, any tennis ball we've given her, she has annihilated and tore to a pulp. In fact, there is tennis ball guts all over my office floor. And her and our other dog, Lucky, have effectively murdered an entire bush. Uh, in our backyard. So I, I, you have I two can two dogs with, uh, Oh no, Jenny's not a Disney namesake. Hang on, but it's all right. JK. I'm thinking. Yeah. Luck. Uh, L- Lucky is all black as an all black border collie with a white speckled paw, which is his lucky paw. So we just named him lucky. That's oh, adorable. Of 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. For real. The point is, um, sucks. Homeward how is this movie made? <laughs> Homeward bound is, is based on the author's actual three pets who were best friends, which I think is great. Like two dogs and a cat yeah, that were besties. That's hilarious. And they just, and she wrote this story about them. I, I find that the voiceover on the animals works for me. Just say like that. The animals mouths don't move. It's just, I, I think that holds up great. Did you go? I actually, you I like that a lot more than them trying to make it look like the animals. We're talking. I just I don't know why I did that. Like that whole you're not going to get this reference, Matt might, but that whole Protoss talk through the Kala thing, where it's like it's more like a psychic thing. Yeah, where it's just like oh they know they're talking to each other because when I was a kid that's what I assumed happened when animals talk to each other. I never thought a bark was like hey Jerry 
I thought it was just like an actual like yell. I thought that animals right. could communicate psychically like that. As an adult, that is how I believe animals talk to each other. Agreed. <laughs> I I prefer the psychic talking yeah. approach than the actual. <laughs> let me move my jowls in an awkward position that they're not meant to go. Like so, do you guys feel like what if? What if they had done the live action Lion King like this, but done it obviously with animation, like, you know, not real lions, but like, um, would it have worked? I think it would have worked if it was live action. If it were, if it continued to be CGI, I think then it's weird. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why. I just, that's how I think. I Unless think they did like hyper problem. realistic CGI, like, like prehistoric planet was. Right. Well, like so even strong. then, like, I guess the Lion King was pretty hyper real. I was gonna say the Lion King is pretty, pretty fucking like real, dude. Um, yeah. I think my biggest problem with if they were to do the Lion King that way is there are no humans, so we don't get the actual talking contrast. Yeah, it's just a bunch of animals staring at each other. All. <laughs> You're right. It would be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, the way you put that, it's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but like a part of your brain would be like, no one's actually like saying something here. <laughs> like nothing's happening. Yeah, great. Awesome. So we just like, this is just these animals running through the Sierra Nevada. And like legitimately, that's what this is. Like this was for all intents and purposes, totally real. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, the buy-in was real easy for me. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like, this is dumb or weird. And honestly, what, like, kind of, it's, like, halfway through the movie, but what, like, sealed it for me was when they're trying to trick the bobcat into the uh, the yeah. catapult or whatever, and Chance gets distracted by the butterfly. It's not just, like, one of these things where, like, oh, we could just wait for the butterfly to go by. They actually used it, and they're like, hey, get out of here. Like, what do you, stop, get off my face or whatever. And then it goes back. I'm like, this feels, like, so much more realistic. <laughs> Which is so dumb because yeah. it's not like the, whatever, but like the butterfly wasn't real because this Stop movie, it. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. This is a real thing I saw. This movie is 100% signed off on by the Humane Society. There is zero cruelty to animals, including butterflies. And it was a fake butterfly on a translucent string. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh my that God. They had a chance to jump up at. That is so awesome. That's wild. Well, okay, but that was like, that's what I was thinking this whole movie. Like, some of the things that happened, I was like, dude, there's got to be, like, the president of the Humane Society has to be here right now. Because (laughs) this movie's never getting out of the editing room if PETA finds out about this shit. For real, I was wondering the whole time I was watching it. There there were some tricks that I was, like, looking for. I was like, I want to see how they made it. So... And, and from my perspective, I think they said, hey, the story is about these three house house pets. They have to go from here to San Francisco. Get a film crew and just film it. Don't worry about dialogue. Just get these are the critical shots that you need to get. Yeah. And just go out in the world and do it. And so that's how they did it. And then they figured kind of they pieced it all together. Like, oh, it's, there's a river scene. So they got like six cats. And like in someone's pool or like a set pool. And we're just like, all right, the cat's in the water for like two minutes and then pulled it out in and out, in and out, in and out. Because like the, if you look at the river scene, the, when the animals are in the water, the water is suspiciously tame. And then it cuts to the river. It's just like, there's water everywhere. I was like, damn, like there's some good, some good film tricks in this movie. Well, when Sassy first falls in the water, you can tell that's not a real cat. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fake cat action in the sassy waterfall scene, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of real cat action. So mm-hmm. they do ha- like for real they ha- and and it Sunday, was like live from pay-per-view real cat action <laughs> oh god but it was like in a studio in a warm pool and then they put it yeah. at like they, the editing and this is why having an editor as the directors on this movie is so brilliant it works so so well and so they they do a lot of really clever editing with fake dogs and fake cats that hold up. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say something that is maybe controversial. Here I think. Go. Buckle I, up. Buckle up. Yeah, you guys heard it here Ready? first. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hit me Take with a it. sip of your beer. I did, actually. I know that we won't. I will, and I will fucking own this comment and revisit it next week when we do Jurassic Park. But I think that in terms of like whether the effects look real, like what can you tell when it flips to the fake cat? I think I can tell when the cat is fake less often than I can tell when the dinosaurs are CG versus the the practical effect dinosaurs. I think this holds up better in its special effects. I think I could I can't tell the difference between the sassies as well as I can tell the difference between the CGI and the practical effect dinosaurs. I, fight me. Am I right? Because there's a lot of fake cats and dogs in this movie. Yeah, I, I dude, I think they're on par. Like that's gonna be a stuffed bobcat that gets thrown off the cliff, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, like it's stuff like that that I'm never. I was never like, yeah, that's definitely like they just fucking lunged a bobcat or whatever. But I don't think it's even a real cat in the water when it swims. I'm not. I don't know. I'm like not sure if that's the real cat. That I didn't get information on, and I tried, but it's definitely not a real one that they sling. Yeah, on. dude, if there was like a making of for this, I would watch the fuck out of this. I tried. I read everything I could about how they made this movie, and like, I think the fact that we we can't easily say that Jurassic Park is better really says something, right? Like, this movie holds up. They did a good job with that. It does. It's so. Animals and stuff. <laughs> I have to agree with you, but at the same time, like you got to remember when it doesn't look practical is when it's like, like heavy motion in Jurassic Park, like the Raptors in the kitchen, like jumping on stuff like that's it's got that 90s CGI whitish glow that, you know, is like, oh, that's not a real thing in the room. But like the scene for me that always like holds up is when Grant lights the flare and we get that yeah, shot of the him. From, the, you see the whole T-Rex. That's when I'm like, okay, dude, like this is legit. Yeah, that that holds up exceptionally well. Um, but I think Homeward Bound is, does a good job. I agree. I the only well, part that I was like, no, I don't, I don't buy this is the cat in the when she first falls because you're like, that's just a thing that looks like a cat's head bobbing down the rapids real quick. No shot. That's a real cat. But I think the thing to differentiate is I, I'm pretty sure Homeward Bound used 100% practical effects, mm-hmm. whereas Jurassic Park they is did. a combination of practical and CGI. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I guess that's the comparison I'm drawing is like I like Jurassic Park didn't have any real dinosaurs, but I think I can tell Bullshit. the less. Nope, between there's a them. picture of Steven Spielberg. He killed that fucking dinosaur. <laughs> he killed that dinosaur. Handsome Steven Spielberg. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. <laughs> He's never done anything worth noting anyway. If you want to talk about oh big God. game hunters, Steven Spielberg hunts the biggest game. He <laughs> wrecks. You know this what I mean? Saturday, it's like- after the cat fights. <laughs> On pay-per-view, that, double time, prime time slam. 
hot cat action. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay. They had three primary animal actors: Ben, Rattler, and Tiki, who were Shadow, Chance, and Sassy, respectively. Um, but Chance and Shadow each had four dogs that played them, and there were ten different cats who played Sassy, Good and they Lord. came in mostly. I know cats are so picky. Yeah, I I know Kevin right now is continuing to try and choose a place to chill. So I don't usually let them in here. Classic Kevin. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 extra animals were usually just there to like give the main ones a break for a little bit, do some special stunt stunt stuff, like certain ones that were just like different animals that were trained differently. But mainly, it was like these three, and I clocked a couple of the sassy changes. But there was one that was really obvious in like the first scene uh, during the wedding. But I didn't see a lot of the dog swaps. I didn't really catch it. The only time I really caught a dog swap was when he falls in the mud. And it's you can see it around his muzzle. Like it's just grayer for some reason when he's in the mud. Mm -hmm. But up to that point, he's kind of been like. You're like, okay, I get it. Like, he's an old dog, but he doesn't look as old as they're talking about. Like, he's not Wiley Burp, but like, <laughs> but then he falls in the mud and you're like, God damn, dude, it's Dumbledog. Like, he's. <laughs> yeah. There's that scene where he's got like the dried eye goop in yeah. um, the mud scene under his eyes. And it's like really pronounced that he never had before because Ch- uh, Shadow was like a really well-groomed labrador yeah. and i have i have a border collie and they have crazy hair too and it's really fucking hard to keep keep clean but those just eye goops that were just like it was giant fish hooks under his eyes like damn yeah that's that's not the same dog which was also another scene where it was not a real dog it was like that fake dog just appeared in the smoke oh yeah after, oh, i was funny. like oh, that's fake well okay the part with chance that like the number one part I noticed with Chance is if you watch before he gets hit by the porcupines, there is red around his jowls like a lot. But then at the end of the movie, when he's we're doing the monologue and we're focused on him, his face is super clean. There's oh, no, no his red. Wounds there's disappear no almost immediately. Yeah, it's there's like nothing yeah. around his face. It's the cartoon. Well, dude, that yeah. is like a weird inconsistency and it's kind of annoying because it's like there and then it's just gone and it's like they never know that it happened. I mean, it's it's strange. Um, however, I, I, I do want to let everyone know that the reason that Kevin wanted to be in here so badly and the reason that he is currently not leaving me alone is that I did not give him dinner before we started recording. So I'm going to let you guys continue for a minute. Unreal. Feed this cat. Yeah. Speaking of hungry animals and shit. Um, but Scott, you'll like this next section. This leads us into talking I about. Do, why I know this is terrible. Yeah. Kick so, us off. I'll be right. Back. <laughs> guys, Scott's got beef with this. Movie. I do, man. Like I just, I have so many problems with like the major facets of this movie. Like the main question is like genuinely like what is the plan? And I think the whole problem that I that I come up with here is they're fucking dogs and cats. No, okay, I get that. Like they don't understand like the intricacies of a full fucking sentence, right? And like what it means. But like they can also have conversations with each other. And Shadow understands enough of when he's talking to him to be like, okay, like I got to sit down, or like there's something wrong with the kid, or whatever. Why doesn't he understand we're coming back for you? Like, why is that the only sentence that he doesn't fucking understand? 
So he said that we're coming back in a week for you. And then he said it it was too long. It was more than a week. Because Pete says we're supposed to be back tomorrow. And then they're like, well, no, just oh, kidding. We're going to be yeah, when next he's on the week. phone. And then and then Shadow's like, I don't get how fucking phones work. Yeah, he's like, I don't understand when they do that. I thought that was really funny. Like, there were some moments where it's like you get inside a, an animal's head and like, they're like, what are you thinking? Like, I don't get why they do this with the phone. I never understand. Yeah. And he just barks just because he knows that's what he wants. Yeah. That part made me laugh. But yeah. I so have far, major so, questions I, about that for later, by the way. And I'm back. <laughs> The biggest issue that I take with this whole, like, here we go, we've got to go on this thing to get, like, back to the kids part is, like, this is all predicated on the fear that Chance keeps instilling. So, like, Shadow keeps flip-flopping between, like, shut up, like, you're wrong, and holy shit, like, maybe he's right. But, like, that kind of destroys the whole wise man dog thing. Until you, I guess, like, now that I'm thinking about it, if you put it in the perspective of him, like, maybe he thinks something did happen to Peter. I think that what really goes wrong for them that makes, that, like, convinces Shadow to do it and, like, Loki, they needed to do something or they were going to, well, no, he was just kidding. Oh, the movie can happen. Sorry. So the movie can happen. No, they, um, (laughs) they had, um... Had she not left, like they thought oh that my she God. left them too, right? It's like the issue is that the babysitter is like not watching the dogs and like someone else is coming and that other guy comes and that's, and it's, that's great. Too, but like too little too late, dude. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to meld these together because we, they are basically indicative of the plot and the humans that are involved in the plot and everything that goes wrong. And this is actually a human's fault in some way. I would never in a million fucking years trust someone with my animal if i for if i informed them hey dude i need you to walk watch my dog and they said that's fine but i'm also gonna be leaving fucking find somebody else to watch your animals i i disagree my girl lived on like a farm and had a ton of animals and the idea was yeah like their family and it was like yeah i could totally take the dogs but for this couple of days i'm not here but i I'm also leaving a ton of other animals here and someone is coming and this is a regular thing that happens. It's right. Like okay. Who's like going off to a concert or something and like is drunk and not like, this isn't like that episode of the good place. I was going to say, looking at you, good place. Yeah. It's not that right. Uh, no, And I get that. And that's fine until Frank comes in and fucks up too. on what planet would Frank question taking the dogs on a drive and then just be like, well, fuck it, whatever. That's probably what happened why here's the weirder part about that though it's like why was there the other note under? oh yeah why was there a second note also who the fuck would put a note right there in this in this tiny ass shelf in the barn yeah but where he's feeding the animals like that's probably where she always leaves her oh that's fine i get that part but why wouldn't you like dude i'm i swear to god the last part of this of my note for this was cell phones made our lives so much fucking easier I have the answer for all of this. Oh, my God. If it's so the movie can happen, I'm kicking you off of here. Birdzilla. God damn it. It's the fucking mastermind. No, he isn't, dude. He's the fucking mastermind. No, he isn't. Dude, just look at it. 
this straight up though really didn't make sense. Like I, I just didn't, I didn't understand the note thing. I don't understand why there's like a draft note that says I took, I took the animals. Yeah. Why would she have written that note? Why would that be there? Was that referring to like, was that last year's note that said I took the animals and she, yeah. And she just didn't rip it off the pad. Is that what that meant? Maybe she just meant like the horses. The horses. She was taking the horses. Yeah, is that what that note meant? I took in that the case, that's on, on her, not differentiating the animals. Because if she knew that he was coming over to watch, quote, the animals, and you now have three outlying animals that are not part of the animals the that animals. you normally like you normally look at, why didn't she specify? Also, I think it's weird that she didn't specify because it's clearly a farm. She clearly oh, I know. There's a lot of fucking animals. Could you be more specific? For real. The animals. Yeah. Like, but oh, this, the goat's this, missing. Yeah. I have this. to blame, like, Shadow, though, because it's like, surely they have seen, like, yeah, they have seen their dog. humans leave for the evening. Surely, who are, like, they're feeding them one meal at a time. Surely this guy was coming later that day to give them dinner. So, honestly, if it's, like, not even dinner time yet, how are you running away? Like, that's ridiculous just because you saw her leave. Well, yeah, exactly. These motherfuckers run away every time. So I guess it's because they're not at home and they think they're being abandoned. But it's like, guys, people leave for like a couple hours. It's chill. Like, they didn't even wait that long. And they're like, it's been too long. And it's been like like a week. No, but it hasn't been days that they've been alone. Oh, well, yeah, I know. It hasn't been like they've been alone for less than like six hours. Yeah. Why did they leave? It's like so ridiculous. So, okay. Because we're talking about like how terrible this plan is, I need you guys to understand what the root of this entire movie's major fuck up actually is. Because it's Bob, the new husband. Bob is very clearly not accepted. I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down for you so that you actually understand why. And then when I'm done with this, you're gonna understand exactly why this is his fault. All right, you rant to me, Scott. What's going on? Bob is very so. First of all, he's totally not accepted by the kids, and I honestly don't blame them. Okay, he comes in out of nowhere, just like he marries the mom or whatever, and he very fakishly like wants to get in good with these kids. If his job is making him relocate briefly, we know it's briefly because he says it's only temporary when Peter says he doesn't want to leave Shadow. Why does the entire family need to go with him to San Francisco for his job? Especially if it's temporary. This is another part where I get to jump on my soapbox of worst fucking parents. The mom who I swear to God has to be the most emotionally aloof, uninvolved parent I've ever seen in any movie. Doesn't say a fucking word. They clear. She clearly is the one that owns the house because there's pictures of the kids as babies all over it. So why do they have to go with Bob? Bob could have just gone to San Francisco, done this job and the dogs. The animals never needed to leave better yet. Side question. Why couldn't they have just at least taken sassy? Also, here, dude, I'm telling you, I'm picking this shit apart piece by piece. The number, you're, the number one right. problem. No, I know. I am right. The other part, so. dude, okay. The biggest problem that I have, honestly, with Bob's entire plan here is, dude, okay. So this kid just blew up at Bob, right? About, like, dude, you don't know, like, you don't know anything about these animals or whatever. And I'm going to get into these kids and they're overbearingly upset obnoxious obsession with their kids or with their pets if that kid just blew up at you 
why in the fuck would you not immediately show that kid that you made looking for pet posters? Why, like, why was that hidden from the kids? And the mom says, I think you scared him with your outburst the other night so bad that he's afraid to even look at you. Fuck you, mom lady. Bob is a grown adult. Handle that fucking kid like one. I Be the bigger so person. Bro, I I'm came and there's, you, there's okay, no okay. reason that right. you should have kept that looking for pet lost pet poster from those kids. So I'm going to come in here as, as an objective parent who has seen the objective parent. I'm going to go ahead and say is real oxymoron, but go on. Yeah. We got right. <laughs> uh, so I've seen people come in as like the new person coming into a family. And the fact that I think he's trying to figure it out where the line is and the fact that so and I'll say this as an example, my son, he's got a dog. That dog is his fucking world. So if anything were to happen to him, he would be uncon- inconsolable. I almost said something wrong like Scott. Inconsolable. Uh, he would be inconsolable and he, there would be no way and he would freak out and be rude and completely change his personality because he can't find his dog. The fact that the the stepdad um, is not giving him that pertinent information. Like I made signs and stuff because a, he doesn't like they say in the movie doesn't want to get this hopes up. B he is a little ashamed because like, yeah, this is my fucking fault. I moved my whole fa- my whole new family. Gotcha. Thank you. That's actually the biggest new. part. I, I needed validation on that. This was Bob's okay, fault. I'll validate it, you it, on that it, part. It is Bob's fault. But silly. Yeah. I, I agree that the moving piece of this is weird. Like, why yeah. are we going with him? The kids when it and seems- the wife should have stayed home. Especially, well, yeah, dude, because- especially because at the end of the movie, which it hasn't literally, it hasn't even been a month. And they're back in the house celebrating Thanksgiving. Yeah, the fact that they're, ba- no, but they're back in the house when the dogs, like when the pets Right, return. they're reestablished in the house. And they say, hey, how are things going? Like, how are the kids doing? You know, since the dogs are dead, right? And the mom says, yeah, right? That's what they assume at this point, right? And uh, the mom is like, oh, it's okay. You know, we're doing a lot better now that we're back home. And it's like, yeah, so they only were planning to be gone for the length of time that the animals were on this incredible journey. And I got to agree, like, that seems a little fucking ridiculous. They really made it seem like it was a full on move yeah right which that's what the second one is about so dramatic no the second one is about them going on vacation and they go camping and they the dogs escape from fucking baggage from the airport that's right shit i thought they lived in san francisco fuck me never mind they do they do the dogs escape the airport in san francisco prior to being boarded on the plane this is insane dude this is what i'm saying like doesn't make no the plot of the second no the, the second movie is garbage in this one, though, I, I while I agree that it is it is pretty ridiculous that they would do this at all when they're not going to be gone for that long, like they should have stayed home. But to your comments about like like him being like scared to talk to Peter, right? Mm-hmm. It's like he I agree with Matt. Like I think that that the mistake is the thing in the beginning, and that that's the plot. Like that he's like, oh my god, I don't want to fuck up anymore. Like these are my new kids. I'm trying to like build a relationship with them. And he didn't just come out of nowhere. Their wedding kicks off the movie. We don't know how long they've been together and how long they've all known each other. They, but then at the end, 
at the end, they all call him dad, and that's Thanks. his arc. This is like the dad. It's like the, reason the this happens worst, is the, the worst '90s sitcom moment. And it totally ever. is. And here's oh, here's the I other problem with it. No, it is, here's the other problem. Like, it is cheesy. Yeah, but it was like a slip up from the girl, and then and then they well, all look yeah. at Peter because he's the wise one, and he says, "Yeah, dad." And he says, I accept you and I love you too. Like there's an arc, like the cause of the plot, Scott. That's Here, why. No, that's fine. But here's the biggest problem with that. To these kids right now, the animals are still dead. So why did they, why did Bob earn their respect? Because he put out flyers and they're playing basketball in the backyard. Well, he put out flyers, dropped everything at work, drove them out to BFE Oregon. Oh where they fucking is that they? No, they no, 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 no. I think it's, guys, it's, I'm sorry. it's a, Everybody it's a stop. Lot. You have they're still in California. You guys, you have it twisted up. The scene with the basketball is Thanksgiving, which is not the same scene where the dogs return. Thanksgiving is a little bit of a, is just like just after they return. Um, and no, it's, it's not because scene. Jamie. Yes, it is. No, it isn't because Jamie's like, did you guys hear that? Yeah, but that's just some day after they move in. Thanksgiving is a specific day, and it opens with them playing basketball. And they, when they run in, because Chance says, "Oh, I accept my home," and he says, "Oh, turkey," because it's Thanksgiving. Like they're dressed up in the basketball scene. They're not. It's a different scene. It's a different day. They return before Thanksgiving. That's not the scene before. The dogs are back by the time they have the basketball scene. I'm looking this up right now. Look at it. Go ahead. I Pull am, up the I'm movie it up right now. I can't believe you dare question your no, I'm not, AI. I'm not. I know. I'm not questioning it, but like, dude. Okay, the scene literally opens with them playing basketball. The scene literally opens with them playing basketball. Not the scene where the dogs come back. Yes, it not is. The, I lo- not the dad scene. Dad scene is after the dogs come back. Dude, they are playing basketball, and then the animals come back. Yeah, but are they dressed up? Is it the Thanksgiving scene? They can play basketball more yes. than once. Because then they go inside and he, they all go inside and then Chance sits out there watching them. And he's like, this is my family. And then he's like, Turkey, it's the same day. It's literally all in the same scene, like the same occurrence. I don't know why this matters, but like. It so does. Edit all I'm saying is. Literally all of this, but like I am going into Disney Plus. Now. I'm like, I don't believe you. No, I'll send you the fucking YouTube video. Oh, shit. Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is Thanksgiving Day, and the the animals come back, and uh, yeah. Oh my God! All right, we'll cut all of that. You're right. <laughs> I Here. am God smacked. I thought I had that. No, I thought I was right about that. Here's like, all right. can we all agree at least on one part, and that the people who work at this shelter should lose their jobs? All um, three of these people should lose their jobs. The fat dude. Uh, that very clearly spent maybe two and a half seconds looking for sassy outside. Look, man, he's not good on the cardio game. Leave him. No, leave it's him not even alone. dude. It's not even that he clearly doesn't care about these animals. He's so Look. aggressive with them. He's like, it just, it's insane. The dude with the glasses is the only one that's like kind of okay. He's like, oh, okay, I'll let you in. You can see what you can hang out with your friend while we torture him by taking these things out without giving him any form of anesthesia or putting him to sleep. Well, I think there's a good reason for that because they don't know the dog history. So they don't know if the dog is allergic to anesthesia. This is the nineties, bro. They don't look into that shit as much. You blood test that. They make me do the cat's blood test that every time they get their teeth cleaned. Yeah. Every individual time they do a blood test right before they can do it like at during the procedure. 
and test for the the allergy. Like they should absolutely have had him sedated. Yeah, there's no reason that he needed to be awake for that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's the 90s. <laughs> no, I get that. Like that's fine or whatever. But like, okay, I'm taking, dude. I'm taking my final shot on validation for this. Like, I hate the humans in this movie. You I have swear. some validation. I, I don't like the guys that work with the pen. No, no, no. Those guys were assholes. Don't get me wrong. I do not yeah, like the guys I who agree. work there. I agree with you about that. My biggest thing about this is the two-part thing with Peter and uh, Hope. Peter's entire personality is I have a dog named Shadow. Oh, man, Scott. Dude, no, I get it. That's fine. But he's He's old enough. He's old enough to like also be like this to me. Honestly, I I thought too much about this. This implies that he has no friends. Okay, so my son, his whole identity is owning a dog, but he has friends. He's seven. He is eight. He's an age. (laughs) This Peter is old enough to have an identity. He's old enough. Peter is like 10. Or 11 at the absolute oldest threshold. He's 11. He's 12 or 13, bro. No, he is not. Peter is not hit puberty. This kid has never jerked it. I promise you. Oh my God. That is the threshold we're hitting right now. That (laughs) is a weird statement. (laughs) That's the difference in a teenage boy that makes you know when your identity is not about the fact that you own a dog. That's the difference. Peter has not discovered sex. He's he's not the 12 or 13, is what I'm saying. He's not a teenager. I'm on my knees right now, you guys. Like, I'm legitimately on my knees. Can we please just at least, if we're not going to agree with Peter, can we please at least agree that hope is the worst fucking? part of this movie no the only thing that we agree with is that that this is bob's fault that they shouldn't have moved oh my god i'm going to the bathroom that's it that's it that's a very aggressive thing that's to decide. it that's no it. dude the good are you kidding me that you watched this movie and you were like okay <laughs> the daughter's acting is fine i see no problems with this so here's my concern so benj thal the 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 actor of peter was born in, you guessed it, 1978. So when they made this movie, he was 15. So yeah, he's the acting. actor. So the actor. It's very common for actors to act younger. Like it's it's a yeah. jo- it's a running joke for actors to say like, oh yeah, I'm 50, but I can play 30. Okay, I'm really going to the bathroom now because you guys are <laughs> pissing me off. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if we Google, I don't, I know, don't care at this point. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we're all Peter in Homeward Bound. You two get us back on track. <laughs> I've said my piece. The point is, Scott, I think you're not like entirely wrong about everything. I just think that I, I think a lot of it makes more sense than you're giving it credit for. Um, I think the guys at the pound are bad but i also think there's a a counter argument in which chance is an aggressive like bulldog mix that is like fucking biting them actively right like that's what's happening when they try to pull like chance immediately bites them and shadow's like starting to freak out too and sassy's freaking out so like of course they fucking like but and then and then later they're like charging the hallways <laughs> Right? Yeah, right. These dogs are nothing but aggressive. And I think that while these guys are obviously doofuses and comic relief, um, if this was for real, I also would 
like they don't know Chance's motivation. Chance yeah, right? is just like an aggressive bulldog, right? Also, <laughs> not leave the recording. Did I, I upset I, it? Which we? I think he, he went to go pee. I think he actually left. I think uh, he no, went to Scott go. like actually left to go pee. Um, but oh, the so other you thing just is that my whole cogent argument about why you're wrong. Fine, Matt. What do you think about my cogent argument? As God damn it! <laughs> I think it makes sense. But the other thing is that they just pulled these dogs out of the woods for who knows how long. I think it's fair to say that they might have something at that point. So yeah. I think that they're just behaving in a normal manner. And I think Scott wants to die on this hill. I'm dude. Yeah. I will <laughs> dig dirt to make a hill to die on for this shit. Like I, dude. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say I don't know. But and as as for Hope, um, yeah, sure. Like I'm mostly being facetious, giving you a hard time. She's she's pretty bad. Um It's the oh, acting. You know what it is? It's that like typical nineties, like happy do whatever girl kind of yeah. thing. Guys, it's there's a homeward bound wiki page that I just found. Don't ask me. I just Googling a lot of stuff. Um, according to a user, it says Peter is 11 years old. All right. That was my high ceiling. So Peter, Peter may be uh, becoming a man soon, but <laughs> <laughs> we may be stubbing our toe on some sock pretty soon here. But for but... now, he's for allowed now. to have a dog as his identity. Yeah, for now, we're right on the cusp where it won't make sense we're, anymore. I yeah. girlfriend. You know what I think? You know what I think is like what bothers me the most about this is in other movies, the kid has like a dog or whatever, right? And like he's like, oh, yeah, that's my dog, like Brian or whatever. Brian. But like if they're separated from the dog, their whole personality isn't like, I've got to get back to the dog. Yeah, but it is if it's if if your parents were fucking stupid enough to take you to San Francisco for no reason for a month and make you leave the dogs behind, and then that person lost them and they're gone. The villain in this I movie just, is Bob. I guess I just think I can't Zilla. believe how long we've been talking about. I just think that uh, I'm kind of tipsy from this white claw. I know, and they, yeah, two years deep. No laws when you're drinking claws. That's right. Like I don't think I think that the the human motivation in the movie is good. I like the I I like Bob, even though I he does he's the catalyst. He's not the bad guy. He's the catalyst for a series of misunderstandings that lead to an incredible journey and a heart wrenching reunion, which brought Matt and I to tears. You monster! Like I'm I cried, like dude. Oh my god. Okay, the Just reason I didn't cry, you're a bad when, guy, dude, does that make, make, make you, you a bad, bad guy. It does not make you a bad guy. Oh no, I cried, dude. I swear. I'm bad. I'm, what is it? I'm, I'm bad. Good and because that's... I'm good, or I'm bad, and that's and that's okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not good. Yeah. And that's not I'm, bad. No, it's like, and that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, there's nobody I'd rather be than me. That's Bob. Oh my God, <laughs> Bob. Wreck it, Bob. Wreck it, Bob. He kind of did wreck he it. Did, he did wreck everything. <laughs> I'm going to wreck it. Oh, poor Bob. I had a lot of empathy for him, but let's an hour and seven minutes into this uh, about to be edited to a fuck episode of the podcast. Oh, I bet this episode's only about 20 minutes story. long, actually. And it's just when we actually cut out shot. all the crap. <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about the heart of this movie, and that's the three animals, right? Yeah, I agree. And 
this is where because okay now that we have our rants out of the way because yeah some of the human plot is a little silly i will admit this is Lindsay um, just humoring me at this point <laughs> no you're not wrong when we compare it to i know <laughs> the animal plot the animal plot is really really fucking it's solid good. yeah um, it this movie has no right to be this good yeah like it's it's so it's it's very simple and it's like thematic arc but it's it's executed so well and this is totally chance's story and michael j fox sells the hell out of it like, oh he I totally does no knowing what we know now about his performance as chance i'm i'm way happier with the way this turned out i really like the themes of like accepting love and learning to trust and like finding home. Well, which is a lot of it is, is. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> a lot of it is like overcoming chances, like prejudices about people in general, like and everyone that trust, they meet. Right? Yeah, exactly. Everybody that he meets is a potential threat in his eyes, but the sassy and shadow are just like, Oh, these are like other people. But every time that shadow meets someone, they're like strangers. The only time Sassy right. does it is after she falls off the waterfall. And that creepy mm-hmm. bird watcher guy is out. there. She just yeah. wakes up in his house. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was a little irritating that that dude just let her go. Like you just nursed her back to health, finding her in the forest. And you're like, all right, just stay away from waterfalls. Like what? But she like, she just suddenly like. <laughs> she took off. I get it. Yeah. She's run Yeah. Off. Like she like flipped out and ran out of his arms. Like there's only so much you can do to hold on to a cat when yeah. it unexpectedly decides that it no longer is going to be sitting with you. I'm looking at you, Kevin. You'll be murdered. Yeah, Kev- well, Kevin's eating dinner now, right? Nobody's mm. in here now. Nobody nobody cares about me now that they've been fed, <laughs> much like Chance. Now nobody wants to come in the office. It's fine. Now dinner yeah. happened. Um, but I do like Chance's PTSD, right? Yeah. Like I think he PTSD, yeah. that's a, a good really word for it. Testing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. from the pound, right? From the bad place. Yeah. Like he calls it. Calls he gets it locked up. Place. Yeah. And like and that he was abandoned, so he has like issues about abandonment and trust, and it's like all very relatable. Yeah. Um and I like the way they open the movie as though he's a person. He's we don't a expect person, to see yeah. a dog. Right? Yeah. For like I a really split second, that. I couldn't remember if that actually was chance or if I was like, is this about like Peter's gonna tell us the story about the dogs? I don't know why I couldn't remember that when it first yeah. started, but then I was like, and then he got locked up. I was like, oh no, okay, it's yeah. Very it 90s really opening movie. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Clean mystery. Yeah. And it's like, great. like Sandlot. Sandlot does it. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Um, and I liked Shadow and Peter because they are both so existential and solemn. And like you can tell that like Peter may be an eleven year old boy on the brink of manhood. But deep in his soul, <laughs> he is uh, seventy. He is definitely like seventy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he and Shadow both like they like Peter's aging in dog years. Like first of all, think of it, think about it like this: they don't live in San Francisco, right? Like they're just there. Um, well, they live canon to the second movie, at least. Like, well, the yeah, house but like, is, it, like in so Marin f- County, they live north of the city over the Golden Gate. They don't live far from San Francisco. No, I know. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, they're for right now, they live in what could honestly be Washington or Oregon. It doesn't look like anywhere I've ever seen in California. It's filmed in Washington. Right. Okay. So, this kid in a city he's not familiar with 
his first thought is, I'm going to go to the police by myself. No shot when I was yeah. 11 years old would I have thought, I'm going to walk through a foreign city until I find the police station. Yeah, that yeah. part I, I did have a hard time. Like, okay, when I was 11, I wasn't that dumb. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Showed his, like, desperation, though, and his determination. And I right? get yeah. that. Yeah. And that's that's where I wasn't, like, too mad about it. I did also think it was, and I texted you guys about it, but I did think it was really funny that they did the quintessential 90s criminal thing where yeah, it was, like, that. just some dude struggling in handcuffs and he had a mohawk and baggy pants. I'm like, this is the most ridiculous caricature ever i just thought that was really funny (laughs) it's just like really that's the criminal element in san francisco okay (laughs) not anymore oh my god that's funny um but i do think it's interesting that he you're right like he does have that like older self like aspect to him like because he he did the other obviously jamie's not gonna be like i'm gonna go this fucking georgie looking kid jamie's this, four yeah. I felt, yeah he did look like georgie yeah that kid is nobody by the way i looked it up i was like uh, why yeah he has only ever done this his name is like zach chevalier or something like that and he's this is a name it. like he's, that i'm not surprised i know right he is i've thought he was somebody because he seems so familiar but he is just the kid from this um, it's very much no, a jeremy I, and jemima situation I think I think Shadow and Peter mirror each other nicely. I think yeah. all of them do to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and I just I love their like existential dread when they're separating, right? Like hope is sad and she's like, Sassy, I'm gonna miss you. I love you, but there's like an existential dread like, the like yeah, dude. between Peter and Shadow. <laughs> like I mean you're not you're not wrong. Like I was shitting on you in the last section, but like you're yeah. not wrong that like it's a little crazy how much he is like in touch with this dog and how much a part of his life dude, this is. Like the like, other two kids just left their pets totally there wrong. too. Yeah, like okay. the other two kids left their pets there too, but only Peter is the one in the back of the car looking at the animals. Shut I'm up. Gonna de- <laughs> I'm gonna defend my man Peter again because oh, <laughs> this mom who we don't know the backstory of Peter. For all we know. They've had to endure either one of the two, probably a parent dying or some sort dying. of divorce. And chance or chance, Shadow is probably the only thing that kept him from falling apart. I get so that. I that's can fine. understand. I'm not, I can understand him probably freaking true. out. I'm not, dude. That's why I called him an emotional, emotional support dog. Halfway, like the yeah, majority of this movie when I was watching this, and I totally believe that the dad died because the kids don't act like kids of divorced parents do. Yay. Two Christmases. Yeah. They're not, well, it's not even, it's not even something as like black and white as that. It's like, they kind of just, hold on. I'm even just going to stop you there that you generally speaking, kids who have two parents alive, don't start calling their step parent dad. Exactly. That's that's what I mean. That was what I was going to say. Yeah. The dad is definitely dead. Classic Disney. Yeah, it's one yeah. parent's dead. The other parent doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. This moment, dude. Not I, that bad. She, go back, please. Down. I'm begging you. Please go back and watch it and just watch no, how uninvolved she is. Stop. All right, but the point is, Shadow <laughs> has a nice little arc. He does, right? And one of the things that I learned in the interview I listened to with the director of this was that it was like in the script, this was supposed to be like Shadow's movie. But he was like, look, like this Mm. dog that I have playing chance is like so awesome. Like this has to be the story. Right. And it's like, 
because of how great this dog oh, was. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, so I think that's awesome. And um, but Shadow has a really, really cool little arc where he's like the oldest dog in the world. Like him and Pierre both right, are real. just so so aged. And I mean, maybe that's why they're so upset to leave each other. They know they're both like they're like we're on borrowed time, anyway. dude. Like- <laughs> yeah, like they know they're both- <laughs> Peter and Shadow both are nearing death. <laughs> like they both look at each other. Like I didn't know there had been as much time as you are old. Holy shit, man! Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he has this great like responsibility, and I like how he says like I'm responsible to Peter and I'm responsible to Sassy, and you're responsible to. I did like that. That it Amy. was the reverse. It wasn't like they looked after the dogs. It was the dogs and Sassy looked after them. I did really well, but like, I like that. how shadow specifically takes responsibility for sassy. Like shadow yeah. is like, I am responsible for everybody. I am the, like the savior of the house. I'm like, the I oldest. am the watcher on the wall. He's, well, he's the alpha. That's why. Yeah. Um, like, and I like the way that chance describes him and how he like admires him. And it's like, like the first dog ever to walk the earth. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's really great. Like that was awesome though. Right. And he's, of course yeah. he's a golden retriever and he has this Naturally. majestic scene over the water. Like it looks so good. Like I'm like, yeah, that yeah. is what that dog's thinking. It's sitting there thinking about it's, it's deep responsibility to all mankind and its family. And like, and the way that he saves Molly and he knows exactly what to do. And he delegates to sassy and she's like right there. And she's like, okay, I got this. Like they're on duty. It was good. Yeah. Shadow's work was good. Can I? And then throw... he has his chance. Gets to give a speech at the end. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I want to like. I'm gonna throw a weird wrench in this and okay. say, if this movie were made today, right, with like all of the intricate like personal growth that we get in a lot of movies, I would. I would expect shadow to not make it out of that mud pit. Yep. I like, I think that would be like shadow has to stay behind because he got them that far. And so it becomes Peter has to acknowledge that you're not going, he's not going to be around forever kind of thing. Or like Peter says that, right. He's like, he can't make it. He's just too too old. old. Oh man. Damn right. He is. Yeah. I know for real. (laughs) Even the trees are like, bruh. <laughs> we've we've changed colors since this movie started. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Poor Shadow. I think they uh fun fact that when they filmed that in the mud, that the way they did it was they had one trainer on either side. Like he could have walked out of there at any time and did multiple times while they were filming. <laughs> and and like they just had a trainer on either side each of them like calling him in turn so that he like didn't know what to do and he would just slide back (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i i would be fascinated to watch like an actual like the making of homeward bound thing like you know when you get like dvds and stuff it's like behind the scenes like how we did this or whatever i I can't believe it doesn't exist i know i'm kind of like dude this movie is so animalistically involved like why wouldn't you want to know how they did that animalistically <laughs> they yeah i i really want to know more about how it was done and see behind the scenes stuff and i tried to find it like i looked yeah. for this and lost I, the I ages find footage really yeah it was like which is crazy but what did confuse me though um well i guess do we have anything else kind of before we start to move to, what else do we have to say about these guys do we have anything else to add about sassy <laughs> Because you guys keep fucking writing. Yeah, it's about the animals. Because you guys keep writing me about this. 
I did cry when they protect Molly. And like Sassy goes and lays on her because so Ch- yeah. Shadow can go and get the adults. Yeah, I like that, that. I was like, but see, here's what this is like. Oh, man. No, I'm not going to go and do it. I, wh- why is she out there? Like, I need to know how this progressed. Uh, that shit happens. We don't need it. That's like a side story. We don't need to know that. Kids Whatever. get lost in the woods and stuff. And but, then they send search parties. Well, and I think it makes for a really interesting little juxtaposition, doesn't it? Like, they got because, the letter uh, or they got the lost poster or whatever. And now they know these are the animals that they're looking for. Yeah. like I, No, 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 no. The juxtaposition of what happens when a pet goes missing and the police say, I, you know, fuck off. Go oh, write a yeah. poster. What happens when a little girl goes missing? And s- correctly, right? By the way, I'm not criticizing this move by society. <laughs> Animals are so much more important <laughs> than children. <laughs> we don't send out like a massive search party when your dog gets lost. But like, but it's an, but because this is kind of told from the animal's perspective, it's an interesting little juxtaposition of like this little girl versus the pets that got lost in the same woods and what the effort was to. It's actually them. a good point. But I didn't even think of that. I know. And then and then it like turns into a nice vehicle, right? Because yeah. like uh like you said, Scott, you texted Matt and I earlier today saying I forgot about this side quest with Molly and we both were like, not a side quest. Yeah, this it's not is a how side they get quest. out. This is it's how they get quest. out of the woods. Had they not found Molly, they may never have gotten out of the woods. Like, let's be real. Things or worse, they wouldn't have met that bear again. Yeah, or the mountain lion, like things were not, and they were like starving. But I, I like how Sassy's the one who keeps them alive the whole time. I enjoyed that. Also, like, if you, sassy, yeah. Died. So once they're reunited with Sassy, if you guys pay close enough attention when they're all like, "Oh, that was a good fish, Sassy." There's like a pile of dead fish next to all three of them. Yeah, and Sassy's pile is as big as she is. Yeah, and they're all fake. All of those fish are fake, but the other fish are real before and they only filmed them for like two seconds at a time out of the water, water yeah in like a tank um those poor fish yeah, sassy was the best <laughs> rumor requirement and, me well hang on there's one more thing i want to talk about before it's we go to the rumor requirement this was one more no but <laughs> i i think it's interesting the way they film the final scene which is the big heart wrencher where you get shadow oh because no one's and, talking like, well, the animals aren't, right? We have like all this witty banter this whole time. And and even when there's scenes with the the humans earlier in the movie, we get the animals voiceover a lot. Right, talking it. and stuff. But in this one, nothing. They just show up and we don't hear from them at all. And it made me think as a kid that like they separated, like they didn't know that Shadow was coming. But it's clear here that no, they like, have chance to know. Yeah. in the pep talk and they they like close their narrative arcs and they leave the the thing, they get out and they all go together, but it doesn't explain why they're not like right next to each other the way they usually are, except that it's like to make this beautiful scene that made me cry. But it's weird, right? It's <laughs> oh like illogical. <laughs> it's illogical. If, well, no, so like if we're okay, so now I have to ask. <laughs> Shadow learns that you need to stay true to what you believe in. And Chance learns you need to, like, it's okay to love people and stuff, right? What does Sassy learn? And I would say that Shadow learns, like, perseverance. No, I get that. But, like, what does Sassy learn? Like, hey, I can survive falling off a cliff? Don't fuck with her. Sassy learns that she's a bad bitch. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, don't fuck with her. She knew that. 
Oh, you know what she learned? She likes, she likes goat milk. It. She likes warm goat milk. But it's not fat uh-huh. free. No, but She's, she likes it. It's all right. It. Oh, my God. She's okay. And she learned that of fish. I don't know. I feel like she she is like Hermione. She could just fucking live without the boys. The boys could die. And she'd be like, well, I got this shit. So exactly. And great segue into the room of requirement. I cannot unsee it where we have like, okay, so we have these three characters, two boys and a girl. We have the girl without whom no one would survive, right? Like they would starve or die immediately. Yeah. And Hermione. As evidence and, through and, half the movie. I mean, like everything that happens, like Sassy is like explicitly the reason they don't starve. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they, and the boys tell Hermione many times, like without you, we would have definitely died years ago. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. no question. Like, no, and we know. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> and so here too. Sassy, Sassy and Hermione are like very in line. And then we have, Ron and Chance, who I think are very similar, like they're both oh, yeah. just sort of like yeah, chaotic. They, yeah, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They fuck everything up for everybody, right? Like, they, but they have a good heart and ultimate, and and they have like some loyalty and precious trust issues, but show up in the end, right? That fucking like, Ron. Ch- oh my Chance god, dude! It was like okay, fifteen years ago, man. <laughs> Look, my kids make me watch these movies, and so the anger towards Ron is constantly refreshed. Whoa, whoa, pump the brakes there, Vin Diesel. The anger should be directed at the book Ron because movie Ron, it never mind. We don't have time for this. I can't bear to get I into don't... that. The point is but no, but then think about it. Then then think about Shadow and Harry both have this like undue burden and like age beyond their years, and like they're so like like they have a wisdom and a, I mean, they not believe in what they that, believe in, but... like unflinchingly, like they yeah. will not be swayed on what they're doing. Like, I can get behind this. Base Harry Potter on homework. I know she just read how this book is... and was like, wouldn't that be crazy if these guys were wizards? So <laughs> like this do, is... you, do you think shadow <laughs> names his kids chance? And sassy. and sassy and Peter and everyone else, <laughs> everyone else he's ever met except their best friend in the whole world, Hagrid. For real, oh I'm gonna say this right now, and I'll bring it back up on the movies. But Harry names his kids like a fan of Harry Potter would name his kids. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, but it is an uncanny. No, it's crazy. That's basically the same yeah. three. Yeah, that's insane. Okay, so something else we all complained about. Why, like, they're wearing collars. They have no tags. But they don't have tags. They have no tags. My Sassy might because she has a bell. But yeah, even then, like, it's probably just the, the tingling bell thing. Yeah. Uh, Chance also I, doesn't I, have I, a collar. Or not Chance. Uh, uh, Shadow doesn't have a collar. Yeah, but I find that more normal than them well, having yeah, collars. Because he has long hair. Yeah, and my, my in-laws, they don't have collars on any of their dogs. Zuko has both. I yeah. have friends who like they put the collar on when they leave the house. Yeah. yeah. With the leash. It's, it's with the leash. Like it's part of that deal, but it's not on when they're at home. I mean, I think it depends on what your setup is, right? Yeah. yeah but, if your dogs can go no outside, tags. even if there's a fence, they probably have I mean, a collar. But they should all have tags. Like you're supposed to license your fucking dog. But here's what is weird it never comes up. It's not actually a plot hole because they get recognized by the, the poster. Flyer. Yeah, the flyer yeah. that he makes. Yeah, you know, which kind of makes it come full circle for Bob here, who again I have less of a problem. <laughs> so with. that's why they don't have tags, so Bob can be the the hero of the problem he started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of wish that we had gotten some follow up. 
to what happened with Maggie. Like she, we don't know if she ever finds out that the animals were found because the last time we see her is when she calls the ranger tower. Yeah, actually, it probably would have been nice to let her know. Yeah. They, maybe they cut her out of their lives. Maybe it was <laughs> For like real. They're like, dude, you lost our animals a, a week in or two weeks into us fucking leaving? I would be pretty pissed. Like, yeah. what? It's, I mean. uh, that was weird. And I would have fired Frank. I would have been like, dude, we're friends, but you're fired. He's like, I don't work for I you. Just, the whole thing was just, we really have yeah. issues with that, huh? I do. I, I gave Homeward Bound. An unironic, legit 8.5 out of 10 on this movie. This was solid, right? This had like themes, character growth, and it like made me laugh and it made me cry. The score was great. Like, I don't know that it's in the nines or the tens. It's definitely not a nine for me. No way. It's a good movie. This was more than the sort of nostalgic hilarity I was expecting. Like, I was like, we need to drink and do this on a Saturday if we're going to do Homeward Bound. I think I've got this a poll. This was actually good. No, it was. And that's like, I have to agree with you on that. Like, I I think I'm going to have to do an El Presidente, though. And I'm going to have to give it a 7 9. I can't give okay. it the full 8 because there was just too much in here mad. that I was like, this does. It's not like, it just like, I love the growth. I laughed every single time you were supposed to laugh at this movie and probably times you weren't. Um, But. There were just things that I couldn't look past. Like I genuinely, any movie that we've ever watched, it's really never been a big struggle for me to fast, like to watch the whole movie and not want to fast forward things. Every time that hope was on screen, I just was like, I can't do this. <laughs> like I just like I need to move on. <laughs> um, but no, it was great. You're right. Bruce Broughton was amazing on the score. I actually think of this score all the time. I will randomly start whistling this for no reason. I haven't seen this movie in maybe 15 years before today, but I will. I remember this score perfectly. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And obviously there's no villain rating, so I can't, you know. Well, it's 14 out of 10 for Birdzilla, but um, I'm going to give it a (laughs) solid nine out of 10. I'm going to be the only nine here, Um, mostly just because the movie, it like made me cry and it's not it. It it's not easy to do to make me cry. And if I can connect emotionally to characters that don't even have like a face that we relate that don't to, have you know, opposable thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Like I can get that emotional connection to a bunch of animals, like actual animals, not animated, not cartoon, like yeah. actual animals. Then that's like a solid, that's amazing storytelling. The score obviously really moves the mood along. The reasons why I'm not giving it a 10 is because of the, the obvious flaws in the way they made the film, like just go out and shoot a bunch of shit and then we'll just figure yeah. out the dialogue later. Um, the humans, even my wife who is not like a movie nerd like us was like, God, this acting is really, it's just really terrible. It's like, typical nineties yeah. growing pains yeah. acting is how yeah. I think it about is. it. But it is. the flip side of that coin is how good the voice acting is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I can, and it's good enough for me to overlook the other obvious issues to the point where I feel like I'm nitpicking some of those problems. I'm gonna give it a solid nine out of ten. I can't. I can't. I honestly, I can't be upset about about a nine for this. Like normally, I'm like, dude, no way. Like it wasn't that. But like, no, I can understand why people would give this a nine. Absolutely. This movie held up. It's so much better it than does. it has any fucking right to be. This movie doesn't have a right even to be at your seven nine, Scott. Like, no. This, okay. Like, so here's 
I think it's it's that's again, fair. Be, that's a you can hold your rating. Dude. No, no, so I know, and I'm I'm not gonna like change it or whatever. But I think the reason for me is like on a personal level, this isn't a movie I would go out of my way to watch. If it's on, absolutely, I'm watching this from wherever point we're on. But I've never been in a situation where I'm like, what do I want to watch right now? And then this movie has come to my forefront. You know. I mean, I don't know that we've had the I didn't know this was on Disney Plus. Like I I wouldn't be like, what am I gonna watch and pull it on it? Most of what we've recorded. <laughs> no, I mean I just mean like if okay, so like, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, like, I feel you. In a list of things, like if you were looking for something else and you're like, Oh, homeward bound, like I wouldn't be like, Oh, homeward bound. We gotta watch this instead. Oh. Whereas like I other movies I would do that. Like if I was doing something, I saw Aladdin. Jumping on Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, I'm jumping on Beauty and the Beast. Hocus Pocus or whatever, even if I'm looking for it and I see Hocus Pocus first, it's Hocus Pocus all the way. It's. If I had known this movie was on Disney Plus, like if that experience had happened to me and I'd seen Homeward Bound. I fully believe that. Yeah. I would have watched it. I didn't even know that this was like a Disney movie. We loved this shit when I was a kid, but I thought of it in a cool 27 years oh yeah it's it's definitely been at least two decades since i've seen this movie i definitely think for my family this movie is probably going to slide into the rotation um just because i love that for you yeah right it's what a horrible movie for it to go into the rotation god damn it (laughs) look what you've look what you have wrought (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Matt, we are always happy to have you. We're glad you hopped on for this one for this this okay. Saturday night. That this actually hasn't been going for as long as it I may anticipated. Have. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to let you cut it all the way down, Scott. Clean it up. That's <laughs> basically her saying she intends to continue drinking. So I have oh, to yeah. do it. Hey, what, I'm what, not, that's, that's fine. I would no, like to what, not edit. That's what's going to happen. Good. What's going to happen is Scott's going to edit it to we to where it sounds like we agree with him. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to manipulate your guys' voice every time I say something. It's going to be the same clip of yeah. <laughs> They're like, wow, do they just like use the same cadence they, every time? They they just shit all over this movie. <laughs> They're like, wow, it sounded like they liked it at parts, but no. Um, no, I am, I am going to get us out of here so that I can start getting everybody to the rest of their weekend, but. Again, Matt, thank you so much for joining. I'm really glad that this was a movie you got to add to the uh, the list for your kids. Yeah. Oh, the list. Oh, I'm sorry. No. (laughs) You say the thing you meant to say. I will. Um, I'm not going to try and provide you with the vocabulary. You know what you're trying to say. (laughs) Most of the time. Uh, But yeah, as always, guys, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something as I very clearly did not. Uh, please be sure to join us next week for Jurassic Park. Uh, I have a very special guest that's I'm trying to get come on, hopefully. Um, but be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find links for our website and the social media in the episode descriptions. If you'd like to support the podcast, we encourage you to follow us on Patreon, where you can catch on our special quiz show, rewind the timeline, as well as multiple goodies, such as unedited versions of the episodes. Once we start getting those loaded for you as well, make sure to check out our website for all the timeline goodies, including our new feature request the timeline. If we've, if you feel that we've missed something or there's just something you want us to go back over, let us know on the website. We'll definitely take a look. Uh, and yeah, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. <laughs>